morning once again. There's a nickel on this thing, and I, I, I catch myself playing with it all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're going to get to hear more about me and about the youth in a little bit. Um, I have been here for a while, a uh, long time. Um, but first, I'm going to let you hear from one of our youth. Uh, Candy is going to come up and talk to you for a minute. I believe she's talking about mercy, if I'm not mistaken. She's going to do a phenomenal job. Um, she's going to talk to you all for probably about 15 minutes. So if y'all will give her a hand as she comes on up. By the way, this, this was one of our seniors. On, on Youth Sunday, I tried to get two of our seniors to talk, and she was one of our seniors this past year. So that, that means they're more mature and they're mature enough to talk to you. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Okay, well, some of you, it might be your first time seeing me because I'm usually in the VFC, well, not VFC, but the TLC building. I work with the children, um, ages, well, grades three through third through fifth. So I'm usually back there. And there's way more, like, a smaller group, so bear with me. But um, I'll be teaching on mercy. Um, mercy is one of my strong spiritual gifts, so this is what I chose to teach on. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. The Hebrew word for mercy is rakam. I think that's how you pronounce that. It means to love, to have passion, or to show mercy. We also have to realize that mercy is also compassion and love. It's not just feelings or emotions, but you can also express it in a tangible way. Christians with the gift of showing mercy influence others to care more, and they are more interested in people rather than themselves. And they induce strong feelings of concern. So I want to share a little story before I begin. Um, Last week, it was either Monday or Tuesday, I went to work, and I work at Sunny's, and I opened. I was doing great. I was, had energy. I was ready to go. I was working. And around 12 or 1, it's like all my strength had left my body. Like, I couldn't even lift my legs. Like, it was so bad. And I was, like, feeling lightheaded, and it felt like I was just going to hit the floor. Well, one of the cooks, his name is Chris, we've gone very close. He's like 30, 40. He's like an older guy. He's become the one that I've talked to mostly about, like, problems and stuff. And I've also told him about church and me teaching and stuff. And he was like, come on, you got to get going. You got to eat something because you're, you're the one that's always encouraging people. Always there, always, what's wrong? You need to cheer up. Come on, we got this. Couple more hours. So he was there for me. So it meant a lot. And so that's kind of showing that, showed me that I was also showing mercy. And I have a passion to put others first before me. So it really meant a lot to me to hear him say that. The word merciful describes the quality of God and one that God requires of his people. You may not have the strongest spiritual gift of showing mercy, but everyone has it in them. So I'm going to turn 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 8. And yes, I have a, a Bible. 
not a phone. So, um, and it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. God's mercy is through the covenant, by which he becomes the God of all people. He protects, promises, and guides us, and shows us his constant presence. Psalms 23, 5. It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Whether you know it or not, mercy is a characteristic of life in God's kingdom. It is also a demonstration of God's power. Compassion and mercy in behalf of those around us is the essence of spiritual living. God's mercy, unlike human mercy, cannot be exhausted. Divine mercy is not blind or dumb. Compassion and mercy... Oh, I'm sorry. So we must remember that the absence of mercy shows a sign of unbelief or rejection of God. True Christian's faith produces genuine compassion and fruit in the form of mercy toward those in need. This characteristic was what caused Christ to go among all kinds of people to help. Christians are to be channels of God's mercy in the church, school, home, work, Walmart, Winn-Dixie, the pet store, wherever. Um, I have one last scripture. It's Matthew 5, 7. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This scripture not only tells us to be merciful, but it indicates that showing mercy is one of the ways of righteousness. So, that's all I have, but <laughs> kind of nervous, so, chance. So now you get to hear from me for a minute. Got a few minutes to talk, don't I? Um, it's okay, though. I like to talk. So, it's all good. But uh, first, I'm going to, for the people that, you know, last year I stood up here and I talked for about 10 minutes on the youth group and about what we do, who I am, how long I've been here, and all that, because there's so many new people here. And this year, I was like, hey, I'm going to get up there and actually like share something. I'm actually talk about something other than myself and, you know, just what the youth does. But last night, I was thinking, while the band was practicing and everything last night, I was sitting back there getting everything ready in the almost dollar coffee store. Um, go get some coffee, support your youth. And um, I was uh, sitting there thinking, I was like, gosh, you know, there's really a lot of new people coming this year too. 
I probably need to tell them who I am and what our youth group is and what we do and stuff like that because they probably don't have a clue other than there's a building back there that they drop their kids off at on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and pick them up at 8.30. Um, so I'm going to start off by telling you that my name is Chance Holt. I have been coming here for a long time. I started coming here when I was 15 years old. We were still on Pine Tree over there. We hadn't quite moved in this church yet. Um, I grew up in the youth group. Jamie was the youth pastor. I started playing drums here when I was 16 underneath Jamie and Sam. That was terrible. Um, Not individually, just when they were together. Um, I did graduate in 2004. In 2006 or 7, I started, maybe it was 8, I started helping with the youth, uh, just helping under Jamie, and Dana was helping at that time too. And then in 2010, I actually got a chance to take over the youth. Um, That was a little nerve-wracking for me. Um, I still get nervous from time to time. I'm nervous right now. (laughs) I still get nervous from time to time. Taking kids on on trips, I still don't understand why parents will let me take their kids on trips and expect them to come back safe. (laughs) I mean, if you were to look through the pictures on my phone of me doing stupid things, you'd probably not let your kids go off with me, but... I typically bring them back safe. I don't think anybody's ever come back with anything broken yet. Um, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about the youth, too. Um, buddy, last year before I got up here, I was praying about what the Lord wanted me to, what he wanted me to talk about as far as the youth. Because at that time, I didn't really have, like, we, we knew what we wanted to do with the youth, but I didn't really have, like, an actual vision for the youth of what we were doing. And um, I actually bummed it off of um, Dave Ramsey, kind of, and it was... And I kind of tweaked it a little bit, but it, I actually made it where it was changing family trees. You know, and, and he talks about changing family trees financially, but I was like, you know, we're changing family trees, you know, here at the church with the kids. We're starting down here at the bottom and working our way up with the kids, you know. And if, if we can change the kids now, even if the parents are hard, hard-headed enough not to change, because we're hard-headed sometimes as parents. Um, but if we won't change, maybe if we get the kids to change, maybe the parents will see the light in them and say, dang, what's going on with my kids at church on Wednesday night, you know, and when they're going on these trips. So that was what, we, what I came up with. You know, the Lord gave me changing family trees for, we can't decide. We always flip-flops. Generations are decades. It doesn't really matter. We're changing family trees for years to come, okay? Um, the, way we, the way we've gone about doing that, we've got three ways here that we come about doing it, and it's creating an environment for youth to experience God. On Wednesday nights, we try to create the environment for them to experience it by having teaching and stuff like that. Our next point is uh, preparing lessons that they can use in their life on a daily basis. We try to talk about, like in here, we try to talk about things that are a little uncomfortable for the adults. On Wednesday nights, sometimes it can get a little uncomfortable too. Um, We talk about, we talked about all this uh, stuff on TV. You see uh, kids say that it doesn't affect them sometimes, but it does. The whole thing you see on TV with the, um, all this racism going on around us. We live in the South where, you know, racism is an issue. And as, as the only way for us to change that is to start with the young people and, and, and change their mindset now and train them up to um, think differently. So we talked about that just, just the other night um, and sat down and really just discussed it. Uh, and and we, we also want to have a relationship with the youth. That's my third point. I want to I have a relationship. I want me and all, all my other leaders to have a relationship with your kids and any other kids that come to where they feel comfortable enough with us that they will listen to us, they will receive from us, and they'll be willing to come to us with their problems. Lots of times kids don't have anybody to go to. They just sit there and let it just 
kind of pile up in them. They're not going to talk to parents about it. So as a youth leader, I want them to be comfortable enough with us that they can come to us or text us or whatever. And we try to keep available with Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, texting, email, phone call, you name it. I have downloaded it on my phone so I can be available for the kids. So um, this nickel drives me crazy. But uh, I am going to tell you a little bit about some of the events we do as a youth. We, uh, have, we typically go on one trip a year to a conference where we do a conference. Um, we like to go to Motion. They found that they really like Motion. Uh, this year we'll probably go on, this next year we'll probably go on to Motion again. They've already announced that Elevation Worship will be there and Stephen Furtick is their special guest speaker, so we'll probably be there. Um, we do have a lock-in every year. Uh, spring break trips, we have multiple summer trips where we do like day trips and stuff like the beach. But there's one thing I want to tell you, I want to, while I got the stand here, you know, this is the time to talk because I don't get up here much. I do want to talk about one thing that I do need help with from everybody in the church, with the youth. And what I need is we do an annual fundraiser. And this is my time to announce it and to kind of really put it out there for y'all as adults. We do an annual fundraiser. Um, how many of y'all know that it takes a lot of money to take youth on trips? I'm just going to tell you, I can blow through some money taking kids on trips. <laughs> it's very easy to do. Um, your kids eat a lot of food. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've priced it. I know price, look at it. I know most people typically look at houses and beach houses and stuff like that for their family, four to six people. You know, you can, three bedrooms, stuff like that. Get on there and look at what it costs to rent something for 20 or 30 people and look at the price for four or five days. It takes a lot of money. So my announcement for you is to kind of get y'all kind of excited is we do an annual fundraiser where we sell fireworks in Walmart's parking lot. Y'all probably seen us there? Come on. You've seen us out there. Crazy kids out there selling fireworks. It's hot. It's raining. I think the wind picked up the tent, not this past year, but the year before. It picked it up and moved it. It was pretty awesome. Um, everybody was freaking out, running in Walmart. Ah, you're going to get us. Um, it, was, it was awesome. It's, it's uh, memories to be made in the Walmart parking lot. Uh, I promise, once again, I'll make sure your kids are safe. What I need, though, is from adults is, uh, this is an awesome fundraiser. It helps support us financially for the whole year. It really helps support us financially. And um, what I need is, is parents to volunteer whenever we do that. And we have it coming up again. It's the first time we've done it for New Year's. We've never done it for New Year's, but this year we are. Um, TNT Fireworks is the one that hooks us up with the fireworks every year. And they have come to me and said that y'all do so good every year that my boss is not going to allow us not to do it for New Year's this year. So we're having to do it for New Year's. Boo. But it is a good chance to make money. (laughs) Um, It's one of those love-hate relationships kind of thing. Um, So that's kind of my, my spill on the youth. We do have a lot of events coming up. We typically try to do something once a month with the kids, if not at least once every six weeks, whether it be a movie night or something. Last night was movie and barberitos. So uh, um, next I want to talk about real quick is uh, something that's been on my heart here lately, and I shared a little bit about it. And uh, talking about changing the family tree for years to come, with the, starting with the kids. And one way we do that is by creating the mindset to where they want to live their life to where they're thinking about their legacy from the time they're little on up. Because typically, as an adult, or anybody, myself included, we think about, eventually, you know, that day's coming where I'm going to be gone, 
And you, every now and then you'll think, you know, what are people going to think about me when I'm gone? What are they going to say about me? You know, uh, and, and the thing that's really been on my heart here lately is our legacy. What kind of legacy do you have? You know, right now, me and you, everybody sitting in this room is one day closer to our legacy being fulfilled. We're one day closer right now. So it's been on my heart. We typically tend to put it off. It's kind of like the laundry basket or your clean car. Anything like that, you say, God, that thing sure is nasty. I need to get out there and wash that truck. Or that laundry sure does have to be done. But, man, it's Sunday. I think it can wait. So anyway, let's just relax. Let the kids take a nap, and we're going to relax. Ain't it right, baby? It's kind of like that. Our legacy is kind of like the laundry in the truck. We typically say, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But one day our, 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 our tomorrow is going to be gone, and we're not going to have that chance, and our legacy will be made. And what, what's been done and what will be said about us is right then. And I was reading this story about some of you sports people might know his name and all that, but I never really understood this story until I sat down to read it the other day, and it's about Tug McGraw. Has anybody ever heard of Tug McGraw? Yep, sports fanatics, you've heard of him. Okay, cool. I've heard, but I didn't know the whole story here. Well, Tug McGraw um, played baseball. He was a pitcher. He, had, he won two World Series, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when I was reading about it. Two World Series, but um, great, great pitcher. He wound up finding out that he had a brain tumor. Lived his life playing ball, um, great things, made a lot of money, had a lot of fun. Found out he had a brain tumor. They gave him three weeks to live. It's pretty depressing, isn't it? Gave him three weeks to live. Here's the happy side of that. He lived nine months, not three. It's pretty cool. Um, doctors don't know everything. He does. Doctors don't. So um, just remember that. Don't let a doctor fulfill your, your destiny. Um, so I was reading this story, and it talked about him and how when he found out that he was, he was terminally ill, that he decided then it was time to fulfill my legacy. I got, I got to change the way I'm living. I got to change things I'm doing. I got to stop everything else and focus on everything that I want to be remembered by. He did a lot of great things in his last nine months. He helped out with uh, all types of um, people raising money for cancer and brain tumors and everything. Uh, but there's one part that really spoke to me that was really cool. And he found out that he, he had a son that he had never really had anything to do with all these years he had this, this son never had anything to do with him he wound up um finding his son his son got to know him and everything um his uh his son's name was tim tremble tim tremble got to know his dad at first he didn't really want much to do with him but the more he got to know him and found out he actually didn't tell his son at first that he was um sick and was going to die but then once he found out that he started hanging out with him more. Long story short, um, this guy wound up being Tim McGraw. His, his name was Tim Trimble. His dad was Tug McGraw. What happened was, once he got to know his dad, he actually changed his name to his dad's name, uh, Tim McGraw. And that's the guy we all know that sings country music now. Um, he wrote a song about his dad back in 2004. And it was um, Live Like You Were Dying. That song was actually about his dad. It's pretty cool. Um, he, that story, he wrote that song out thinking about the last nine months of his dad's life. And the, the reason that story spoke, spoke to me was talking about legacy and what type of legacy you're living. 
don't wait till, till you find out that time's running out to start living your legacy. And that's what we do right now with the youth. We try to teach them, don't worry about tomorrow starting it, start now. Everybody always says, why put off tomorrow what you can be done today? That's, that's a big saying, everybody, you know, but really, really that's what we try to hammer in the youth. Don't put off tomorrow what can be done today. If, if God's calling you now, do something about it. Step up to the plate. A lot of our youth stepped up to the plate this morning. That was awesome, wasn't it? You know, ha- having kids, like having a son and a daughter, they'll do things every now and then where it's kind of like, yeah, that's my boy, you know. He scored a, soccer, he scored a goal the other night in soccer, and I was like, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, shove that little kid down and kick it in the goal. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> stiff arm and soccer. That's what it's all about, stiff arm and soccer, you know. So, he, uh, he, you know, they do stuff like that, and you're just like, yeah, yeah that's him. Can't wait till he gets older and really plays sports. That's my boy. I have a building full of kids that, that I consider pretty much my kids. They're like adopted kids to me. And they meet out there on Wednesday nights. And some of them are up here playing instruments this morning. Some of them are doing sound. There's some doing greeting, ushering, doing the coffee shop, talking. It's just a big family of kids that really makes you proud to see them up here. Um, so I'm about to finish up. But what, what I want to leave y'all with is I was reading about when Jesus was walking the earth and he uh, talking about a legacy and stuff. And talking about a legacy and what, what, to, what to live by and how to leave a legacy. And it's the part where, <clears throat> it's the, part where um, the guy comes up to him and asks him, what's the, uh, let me find it real quick, make sure I get it. He's asking him what the greatest commandment is. It's that part right there. And he said, Jesus answers him. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And talking about a legacy, I thought it was really cool because I think about the legacy that Jesus left when he walked the earth. You know, when he was down here walking, and that's what he told people. Love the Lord your God. You know, he told them, love him. Love him with everything you got. And that's what he did. That's what he did when he was here. That's why he died the way he did. You know, then he says, love your neighbor. You know, and we're talking, uh, I was talking with somebody last night about, uh, we're joking around about throwing the stone and stuff. Being the first one to throw the stone at, you know, and it was funny, you know, but he loved that woman no matter what she had been doing. You know, and in today's society, we have a tendency to love ourselves more than we do anybody else. As people, as a human race, we have a tendency to look inward, not outward. You know, and um, I really want to just kind of hound in on that this morning about your legacy, what kind of legacy you're living. And think about the legacy that Jesus left for you. He left such an excellent legacy that we still meet and talk about him like this right now, 2,000 years later. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? Are, you, are people going to be talking about you 2,000 years from now and the type of life you lived, the things you did for other people, the things you said about people? Are you going to be that person? Or are you going to be the person that 10 years later you're not talked about? Or are you still talked about, but it's not in the good way? <laughs> There's people that are going to be that way. <laughs> you know them people. I know some of them people. It's like, golly, man. You, st- you don't talk good stuff about them now. But I, I just wanted to leave you all with that. The two greatest commandments, he says, is love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and strength. And next one is love your neighbor. We walk next to our neighbors daily. 
We see them with issues, and we don't fulfill them. We don't help them fix them. Um, we got a little bit of time left. Um, we did have two speakers this morning. One of them, um, Dad got sick, so she's not able to be here. Um, so uh, I'll see what Jane wants to do. We'll go from there. Thank you all. Cool. I'd like to invite all of the youth right here. So you, you're like, what? Do we move? You move. Everyone, this is a part of the, the, the group here. If you've served this morning, um, yeah, see him coming out of the area back there. Perfect. We want to pray for you. If you can go down with them. Shelly, will you come up as well, sweetheart? And, and uh, Cynthia, if you'll come. Any of the elders uh, that are here? Um, if you would come pray with me, um, Randy and Pamela, if y'all would join and pray as well, please. And we just want to we just want to bless the youth. You know, uh, there's a scripture in First Timothy chapter four that says, "Let no one despise your youth." And the Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy, who he had just instated as the uh, as the pastor of a new growing church in Ephesus, um, and and he was saying, "Hey." He was a young guy. He was younger than most people. And, and Paul said, hey, let no one despise your youth, Timothy. What does that mean, despise? We, we mean that word like hate or like we really don't like it. Well, despise means, literally means to think nothing of or to discount because of. In other words, don't, don't let anyone say that your opinion, your thought, your spiritual walk doesn't matter because of your age. And so... All of the revivals, you can read about the great revivals in the United States over the years. They all had one thing in common. They had different speakers. They came from different denominations, They all different areas of the country. You know what the one thing in common was for all of the revivals? They all, the mantle was carried by young people. Every single one, without exception. So these that you see up here are not an afterthought of the ministry of VFC. These that you see up here are not, well, let's just keep them occupied so we can do our own thing and then they'll be old enough to join us one day. The reason we separate them out as a youth group is so that we can pour into them even more. Okay, And so I, I want you guys, we're going to pray over, over these, uh, these youth in just a moment. And, uh, and you guys, the leadership, y'all just released to just you know, pray for each one. But I want you guys, uh, if, if you will, I'm going to pray a blanket prayer over all of them. And I'd love for you to stretch your hands out towards the youth. Let's bless them. Let's call forth their destinies in Christ, okay? So, Father, we thank you for the youth of Victory Fellowship Church. Lord, we thank you for the youth of Thomasville. And Thomas County, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are doing a great and mighty work in them. Lord, they are not just here to play games. They are not just here to memorize a few verses. They are not just here um, to be entertained while the adults have church. But, Lord, they are the church. And so, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we just declare that we do not despise their youth. Lord, we do not say that they don't matter or they're second-rate Christians because they're young. 
And so, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you are moving, moving in the teenagers and the youth of Thomasville and Thomas County. You're moving in the teenagers of Victory Fellowship Church. Lord, we thank you. We are believing for awakening. We are believing, Father, for um, a mighty move of God um, in our midst. And we know that it's going to take young people on fire, dedicated, sold out to your kingdom. Um, in order for that to happen. So, Lord, we just receive uh, these young people as the body of Christ, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, 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 amen. Y'all give them a hand. Y'all can be seated. All right, everyone, let's stand to our feet real quick. I'm going to ask the altar ministry team to come. They're going to be on the left-hand side of the stage. Um, I, want to, I want to challenge you this morning. Um, I love what Chance said. Um, this is your nickel that's been messing with you. It's in my pocket now. It's just made money. Um, I want to challenge you. You know, I love the word that Chance brought this morning. What's your legacy? Every action that you do, every word that you speak, every inaction that you do, and every word you do not speak is telling the story of your life. So, what are you telling? Here's the good news the book that you've written with your life may not be a bestseller right now may not be the best, but there is always time to keep writing and turn it into a glorious story. There's always time. There's always time. We're gonna, I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. And when I say amen, you're going to be free to go okay, and have an awesome day. You're also going to be free to come over here and get the prayer that you need. If you have a physical issue in your body, if you have an emotional need, emotional wound that hasn't healed fully yet, if you um, if you've really been convicted by a chance's message about you know how you're living your life and what story you're telling. Please, it would be our honor to pray with you. It would be our honor to agree with you. The scripture says that these things happen. The power of God is revealed when two or three agree together. And so we'd love to be a part of that with you. Otherwise, you're free to go and have an amazing day. And come back next week because we're going to start our uh, Flag on the Place series, okay? So let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, we're just so blessed just to see worship, true, unadulterated worship come through the youth this morning. Lord, we're so blessed to hear them share, God, um, Lord, about that you're doing great things in their lives. Lord, you're not just a fairy tale or a Sunday school story that we tell to, to keep the kids in line. But, Lord, you're active in their lives. You're real. You speak to them. And when they follow your instructions, amazing things happen. We thank you for that, God. Lord, I bless each person here. Lord, we bless Chance and Shelly, Lord, as they head up this ministry. Lord, we know it's difficult. We know it's hard. Lord, we know there's um, spiritual attack that comes when you're a leader. Lord, we know that it's difficult to, to herd cats <laughs> in a youth group like this, Father. But, Lord, I know that they are anointed and they're up to the task. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you would empower them to prosper in this area. Lord, I thank you for each person here. We bless them, 
and we love them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week.